Welcome to the Bedford First Assembly of God podcast. We hope you enjoy this week's message. We'd love to hear what God is doing through this ministry. If you have a story to share, send us an email at connect at bedfordfirstag.org. Also, feel free to visit our website at bedfordfirstag.org. You can view the live stream of our services and find out more about our church. Thanks for listening. We're going to be going to uh, Acts chapter 3. We're going to be talking about where God's power flows this morning. Where God's power flows. And a very, very familiar portion of Scripture. Uh, When we get into it, everybody go, oh yeah, I know that Scripture. It's Acts chapter 3, starting with verse 1. It says this, One day Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at three in the afternoon. Now a man crippled from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every single day to beg from those who were going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John, Then Peter said, look at me, or look at us. So the man uh, gave them his attention, expecting to get some money, something from them, money. Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the hand, or the right hand, he helped him up, And instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple, uh, walking and jumping and leaping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. And they were filled with wonder and amazement and what had happened to him. This morning I want to talk about where God's power flows. Uh, It's 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Peter and John are again heading to the temple. They're uh, they're going in to worship uh, their Lord and their Savior. And uh, the other people are going in to do their uh, obligations. Uh, Peter and John knows why they're going in uh, to worship the Lord. The others are going in to, again, give uh, sacrifices and a variety of things. Uh, And as they head up these stairs, again, I just read it to you. There's a guy sitting right here, had been, the Bible said he had been there for over 40 years. And there he was sitting day after day after day. And uh, again, just expecting nothing more today than he had yesterday. And really hoping tomorrow would be as good as today in in taking money. And uh, so as the uh, guys were coming up the stairs, I don't know why they made uh, contact, eye contact with Peter and John, but, but he did. And they, they stopped and they said, you know, silver and gold have I none. I, I'm sure he said, well, then pass on, dudes. I, that's what I really want. And so, they, but they, they stopped and said, but I got something for you. And uh, as Peter and John approaches, there's a great miracle that takes place. How many loves miracles? I love miracles. And uh, I'll probably say this at the end of the service. I'm going to say it at the first also. Because people have asked me many times, what, what, what is necessary for a miracle to take place? Well, there's only one reason or one need that needs to be put out that uh, a miracle can take place, and that is a person that has a need. Anyone have a need this morning? Then we are set up perfectly this morning for miracles. And I've, I've heard people say, well, you know, you got to have tons of faith and you got to have this, you got to have that. And yes, the Bible talks about, you know, so be it as your faith and all of that stuff. Uh, but uh, this guy this morning did not have much faith. God's, I, I'm going to blow your mind just for a second, okay? Where does God's power flow? Okay, here you go. You, get, you ready? Hold on to your seat because it's going to be deep. You'll probably have to dig down to it. God's power flows where he is. Woo! Is that deep or what? Well, not really. <laughs> Pretty obvious, 
pretty simple uh, explanation. But again, this man had a predicament. He was in need of a miracle. All he wanted was money. And he was sitting, now think about this, he was sitting at the gate beautiful. Jesus went in and out of that gate all the time during his ministry. He is now dead and has risen from the dead and he's with his Father in heaven. And so again, Jesus has been in and out of this gate many, 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 many times and this guy was sitting there. And Jesus passed him by many times. And uh, as, as, he, as you were sitting there by the gate, beautiful, I would love to see it. I'd love to be a part of it. I'd like to go into the temple. It'd be a, a great experience. But the temple that, of that day and that age was where God resided. It was where his presence was supposed to be. But we find out that... Uh, Whenever Jesus was hanging on the cross, and I think everybody remembers we're taking communion this morning. Whenever Jesus is hanging on the cross, uh, he yells out, it is finished. Anybody remember that? And this, uh, there was a, a, a big uh, curtain, if you will, big old thing that covered everybody from the holies of holies. And whenever he said it is finished, this dude rips from the top to the very bottom and falls open. Now, to us, we go, well, what's the big deal? Oh, you died if you went in there. You know, uh, they, they, it is, uh, it's funny because if you read certain uh, people and certain ways that they, they've known this and know about this, the, the, uh, the curtain didn't have any seams on it. Uh, supposedly, and the way they got into the presence of God is they were translated. Now, if you don't want to believe that, that's fine, but that is some explanations, uh, and that is in their history uh, that the man of God would come there, stand at the, at the deal, and if he was worthy, he would be translated into uh, uh, the presence of God. And there he would do his stuff, you know, what all the things he would do. And people would be outside waiting and looking at, well, what's going on here? And then after a while, he would be translated out. Uh, he would have given it the, uh, the, the blood sacrifices, and he would have got atonement for the people that, that were there that day. And it was the Holy of Holies. Can you imagine the, uh, the priest, uh, the high priest, all of those people that were standing there the day that Jesus said, it is finished, and this dude rips from top to bottom, falls open. You see the mercy seat. You see the, the ark. You see all the things that are in there. And you go, oh, my goodness, I can't look at that. I said God's power flows where he is at. He had died he had rose again, he had ascended to his Father, and the day of Pentecost had come and gone, and the Holy Spirit now lived in people. The power of God was not flowing out of the temple that morning or that afternoon. The power of God was proceeding up the stairs of the temple in the likes of Peter and John. Now let me look around at you. How many is born again? How many has received Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, right? Everybody? The power of God that they had resides in you. We believe here in the church the baptism of the Holy Spirit, evidenced by speaking in other tongues. And so you and I receive the same thing that Peter and John had in the upper room, if you have gotten that experience. But the deal is, uh, there was nothing flowing out of the temple except for rules and regulations and rituals. Uh, whenever Peter and John was walking up the stairs, they had the power of God uh, with them that they walked up and there that guy is sitting and they reach over and they touch him. Man has now entered into the holies of holies. See, we think that we would like to go back sometimes to you know, Old Testament. I would, I would love to take a journey through the Old Testament. I really would. I'd like to see the sacrifices and, and see all the different things that were happening and the, and the gold this and the lamed that, you know, all the different things that were happening in the Old Testament. It would really be cool. I'd love to be there at the uh, parting of the Jordan and the parting of the Red Sea and, and the uh, manna coming down from me. I'd love to be there at all that stuff. It would be a cool experience. But I want to tell you, they would trade you anything. To live here today with the power of God residing in them like it is in us. 
I don't think we necessarily take it for granted, or not everyone does. But I think that we allow it just to become commonplace. We come into this place today and we say, what does it take to have a miracle? And we think, well, you know, God's got to do this, this. We have to have faith. And No, it's just somebody has to have a need. And we think, well, then God needs to, you know, I, I, <laughs> I remember growing up and uh, I always thought during real revivals that, uh, and I've, I've shared this with some of you people before, that there was a hole in the top of the church roof, and whenever we would pray, we would say, God, send down your power. Anybody remember that? God, send your Holy Spirit among us. And, and some magical uh, uh, opening would take place. The Holy Spirit would come down and do his thing. But as I've studied the Word and as I've been a part of the, the church for all these years, I realized that what was happening during those revival times is the Holy Spirit was being released from within us. Because let me think, let me think, see if I can get this right. Peter stands up on the day of Pentecost and he says, this is that which was spoken of in the last days. God will pour out his spirit upon all flesh, was spoken by Joel. And the deal is, so the end days, the last days, have been around for 2,000 or more years. In the last days, started during the Pentecost movement uh, back with the disciples 2,000 years ago and has not ceased. And so God is not going to send a new revival, a new outpouring uh, that we were talking to some people before uh, service today about the uh, revival down in, uh, in Kentucky uh, at the Asbury College there. It was just a group of kids, basically youth and some other people got together and they started worshiping God. And I think, we, uh, I was talking to Larry before, this Larry over here, not that Larry over here, that uh, we, you know, it, 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 no real preaching or teaching, just the power of God flows. And, and it's because of their worship and their praise. What has happened? It's not a new revival. It is a revival that has come out of the innermost parts of an individual. You want to have revival in this place? Let the Holy Spirit flow out of you. You come, a believing God can do a miracle. Here was these guys uh, uh, going up and, uh, and, and the Lord has spoken, it is finished. Uh, the veil has been ripped. The power of God is no longer concealed uh, in the, in the, in behind the, the, the curtain. He is now free I know that he was always free anyway. He's omnipresent. He's everywhere at all times. But you know what I'm saying. People would come to the temple and go, oh, we're coming to the presence of God. No, when I come to your house, you come to my house, we come in here on a Sunday morning, we're coming to the presence of God. Not just because God is here, but because you're here. And you have the Holy Spirit within you. Can we start expecting God to do miracles in our midst? Can we start expecting God to do incredible things that, that, that will just blow our minds? Now, I, I have uh, four or five weeks left uh, or something of that nature as the interim pastor before your new pastors get here. But what I want to do is fire you up to know that God can do anything. God wants to do a lot of things that we don't even know is possible. Uh, we sit here with I don't know how many people this morning and, and, and the whole balcony and the sides are all pretty well empty. God can fill this place with hungry souls. And again, I know people say, oh, Pastor, you, you just want numbers. No, I want souls. I want people that need Jesus Christ. And I believe God can do the miracle that we want. I told you over and over and over again, God wants to save souls more than you want to save souls. God wants to, he, he's the one that died on the cross for your sin and for your sickness. He wants to heal you more than you want to be healed. He said, oh no, that's not true. Sorry, it is true. And we must realize that the miracle is not flowing out of a building. It is walking up the stairs to the building. Whenever you got here today, did you know you was bringing God with you? 
Or do you come in going, well, I hope somebody, I hope I feel the presence of God today. I hope the Lord is there today. Well, if you're here and you're, and you're, you're saved, then the Holy Spirit is here. God is here because you're here. And so we need to start saying, Lord, let me be active in the things of God. These guys were powerful. Paul, a little later on through the scriptures, it was funny about him. He, he's a hoot, you know. If you, if, you never, if, you, if you read about Paul in the New Testament uh, and don't think that he's sort of a, a wild and crazy guy, I don't know about you. But he walks along, and Peter also, but they walk along, and, and their shadows touch, and, and, and if somebody pushes up a little uh, 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 cloth on them and takes it back home, they get healed. I was just reading it all this week, and uh, it, both of those guys did it. Other people did it. Why? Because they had some magical thing about them? No, it's because the Holy Spirit resided in them, and they had such faith that God could do miracles that people just came by. Now, the deal is, God's power flows where He is. That is right here, right now. Wait a minute, let's, let's, let's stop just for a second. See if you sense, oh, this is dangerous. See if you sense the Holy Spirit right here and right now. Father, Move through this place. Father, you're not here because you've come through a hole in the roof. You're here because these people are here. They are the modern day Peter and John's. They're the modern day Apostle Paul and all the other disciples in the early church. Father, you're here because they're here. They, they brought you in here today. Father, let us be sensitive. Lord, come on people. The Holy Spirit is here this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise your name. Praise your name. Did you take just a moment and feel the Holy Spirit here? Oh, He's here today. He's here to meet your need. He's here to give you what you have need of this morning. Praise the Lord. Secondly is this this morning. God's power flows where there is expectancy. Did you come in today expecting God to do something? No, seriously. It's very easy to come in not expecting. I mean, you've heard me talk about this before. We get in a routine where I'm going to get up and I'm going to go to church and, you know, this is going to happen, that's going to happen, and then we're going to leave and go home. And, uh, you know, and generally those kind of things happen. You know, just the normals of, of life is part, part of what happens. But there is an expectancy that should accompany our visit to the Lord and bringing the Lord into this place. Now, I would ask you a question. Who had the expectancy? The lame guy or the disciples? Because right? we always say, well, you can't receive anything unless you have faith to receive it. This guy's sitting there, and he's going, and again, he doesn't expect anything more or less than what he had yesterday, or he's going to expect tomorrow. And he's just sitting there going, hey, give me your money, a little money. I got some bills to pay. I, I got to send some money home to the family, and, and come on, just give me your money. And, and Paul, I mean, uh, Peter and John walks up, and I don't have any money, and great, thank you, get out of here. Don't need you. Oh, but I got something you do need. They were expectant. And so I wouldn't wait for the world to be expectant. I think Christians should be expectant of what God is going to do in our midst. What can he do here today? He can save souls. He can baptize people in the Holy Spirit. He can heal somebody today. He could take a marriage that is on the rocks and put them back together again. 
He could, he could, he could take us whenever we, we, we just don't know what to do about our tomorrows and our future. He can give us answers. Uh, he can guide us and help us and bless us in such ways that we don't even, ah, we can't even imagine it. This guy is just sitting there with no expectancy at all, and here comes uh, the guys. And I want to tell you that the world definitely, but many Christians also, are spiritually, mentally, emotionally crippled. There's people here today that in their minds or their spirits or their emotions, or you've been hurt. You, you've had terrible things happen in your heart and your life, even in church sometimes. You know, church is not an easy place to be a part of sometimes. The brave ones said yes. Amen. The church can be a tough place to be a part of, especially if you get into the backside of all of it and you start working in the midst of it. And then you find out not everybody's as pretty and lovely and, and nice as you are. I told the board the other day, uh, a couple of them were there, and uh, they, they were just talking about you know getting on the board. And I said, well, welcome to real church. You know, For the first time you get on it, welcome to the real church. Because that, man, you get into some scuttlebutt and you, you get in there and boy, you're working and boy, people don't like you for this or that and everything else. And that's the way church is. But it is who has the expectancy. I remember, if I'm thinking right, in the Old Testament, it says this, that God does exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think. Wow! God can do in this church and in your life more than you can even think about or expect. I want souls saved, period. I want a revival to take place, period. You say, well, you're not supposed to just want those things. I want what Christ wants. Now, if I want what Jesus wants, I think I'm in pretty good company. He came to seek and to save that which is lost. It's not his desire that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance and to a knowledge of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. It is expectancy that we come in here. Wow. When we have been with God, and that's what these disciples had been, they'd been with God. They'd been in that upper room. They'd been covered by the power of the Lord. What happens when people are with God? They have an encouraging word for other people. They have solutions instead of problems. They have a future instead of just a past. And they have enough, listen to this, they have enough for themselves and for other people. Do you have enough today for yourself or just for yourself or for other people also. I've joked years and years and years ago when I was here, that there, and I still remember her. Uh, we used to have a, a testimony service on Wednesday nights. Still do a little bit, but not like way back when. But I remember this, this little lady always got up, and you, you'll remember when I tell you. She would say, oh, I just barely made it in here tonight. I just, Satan had a hold of me, and I just barely slipped through the door, and I don't know if I can make it till Sunday, you know, and, and I'm thinking as a little kid, I'm going to shoot myself. If that's the way I have to live my life as a Christian, that's, that's horrible. That's a horrible way to have to live your life. I want enough for myself and to give to someone else. And you and I have to be that kind of person that expects God to do something for us in such a big way that we are blessed ourselves, but yet we can turn around and bless other people. It's important to come to church longing to hear God's word, God's voice, to feel his touch. We took just a moment, just a few moments ago, and I said, let's just stop and let's sense the presence of the Lord. Let me ask you a simple question. Did you sense the presence of the Lord? He's here. And sometimes we just have to stop and say, okay, is he here or not? Oh, and he'll reveal himself. He will reveal himself to the people that are expectant. The Bible says this in another famous, famous verse. I know the plans I have for you. 
declares the Lord. Plans to do what? Prosper you. He doesn't want to harm you, to give you hope and to give you a future. I'm going to hit the big 7-0 this year. I know I don't look much more than 50, but, you know. Oh, come on. Just humor me. Oh, I like that, Michael. Thank you, brother. He's the only. <laughs> oh, thank you. That my grandson. I look like I'm in my 40s. Amen. <laughs> now we're, well, I'm, I'm waiting for some more knowledge. <laughs> Man, but you know what? Even approaching 70, I have a future. And that future is with God, knowing what He's going to do, how He's going to do it. You say, oh, pastor, you pastored now for 40 years, and, and you're going to retire again whenever the, the stubs get here, and oh, I, you know, you're going to be done with it. Oh, I'm never done. I'm never done with what God wants, and ne neither are you. I don't care if you're sitting here 100 years old or you're, you're one of our children this morning. God wants to use you and give you a future don't ever anticipate or think that you have nothing in the future to look forward to god has a plan for you wow and if god has a plan it's a it's pretty cool where am i at yeah, two three six four. there's a uh there's a guy, I think most people know him, Hudson Taylor. Anybody know Hudson Taylor? Uh, great uh, missionary, revivalist. He says this, Many Christians estimate difficulties in the light of their own resources and thus attempt very little and often fail in the little they attempt. All of God's giants. Are you a giant today? Oh, come on. You can be a giant. All of God's giants have been weak people who have done great things for God because they reckoned on His power and presence to be with them. It takes a weak person that trusts God to be a great person. That applies to every single one of us here. Every single one of us were weak and without any strength. God comes along and does a great work for us. Two more things and i got to hurry up. Oh, it's all mine. We're running out of time. God's power flows through. The right authority is recognized. I want you to notice, and I'll cut this one short. I want you to recognize that Peter and John did not pray for this man. Look, read it again. He, they did not pray for this man. They didn't go up and say, oh, Lord God, touch this man and old God, you know. They just walked by and said, hey, get up in the name of Jesus. That's all they said to this guy. And, and, P, and Peter uh, and, and John, they, they grabbed him by the hand and just jerked him up. Now, have you ever asked the question to yourself, what if they had grabbed him, jerked him up, and his legs were still not working, and he falls back down bumps his head? Let's try this again. Is anybody, did anybody see that? Let's try it. You jerk him up again. But they, they had faith and they trusted God. And they said, the authority that I have is, is in Jesus' name. And so no prayers, no nothing, just a command in Jesus' name for this to happen. And the guy hops up and starts walking. You say, well, why wasn't this guy occasionally in the temple? I mean, if you're going to beg, sometimes it's cold, it's rainy, it's this, it's that. He was not allowed in the temple. He was damaged goods. They wouldn't allow cripples to go running around in the temple. So this guy was outside, and he jumps to his feet, and where does he run? He runs into the temple, and he worships God. And, of course, everybody's going, what in the world has happened? Well, the Lord has told the disciples in Matthew 28, 18, all power is given to me. But it goes on in Mark 16 and says, I'm given the power to you. Go and preach the gospel to all uh, creatures, uh, baptizing them. And, and you know, and, and if you, I, I don't like the one part that, uh, you know, it says that they'll cast out devils, uh, speak with new tongues. I don't like to take up serpents. 
take up servants. If they drink any deadly thing, it's not going to hurt them. Uh, they'll lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. It was given to us as a church. So the Lord receives from his Father all power, and he goes whoop, right to us. And sometimes we're not real good at using that power. Last is this. God's power flows where he will receive the glory. There's a real funny story you can read a little later on. It's in Acts chapter 13. Uh, I mean, 19, sorry, Acts chapter 19, 13 through 16. Uh, guys, some guys called the seven sons of Sceva. Uh, <laughs> they, they kept watching Paul and how he was... Uh, uh, you know, praying for people and casting out devils. Uh, they weren't Christians. They weren't followers of Jesus. But they, they thought, well, you know, I can make some money. I can be famous. I, I can have, you know, I'm going to do this thing. And so they just started going around mimicking what Paul was doing. And so they would say that a demon-possessed person, uh, you know, demon come out of here but in the name of Jesus that, that Paul preaches, that, uh, you know, someone else preaches, that someone, uh, that, you know, all that. And, and the demon looks at him and says, you know what, uh, Jesus I know, I love this, Paul I know, who are you? And then he jumps up and beats the tire out of him, read it for yourself. Yet they run from the place naked and beaten. <laughs> One guy beats all seven of them up, sends them, how would you like to be standing there and, and, and all of a sudden guys start running around naked? What in the world is going on? This crazy demon possessed person chasing them down the road, ah, I'll kill you again, you know, and you're going, what happened? They were wanting to steal the glory of God. They were wanting to do what Paul was doing and get the approval of the people. They wanted to get uh, some of that stuff that Paul was getting by, by, by just the natural uh, uh, healing of people. Hey, I can do this and I can receive glory for this. Now let me tell you what, if you're interested today in God receiving glory for anything and everything this church is involved in and everything and anything that you are involved in as, as a follower of Jesus Christ, He will bless you. But He knows and He doesn't want you to steal His glory. Peter and John could rightly claim the authority of Jesus to see this healing take place. But they could not steal his glory, and they didn't want his glory. I tell you what, I've, I've preached now for a long, long, long time, had some great churches and some growth churches, and people have asked me, how, how did you, how'd you do that? I said, I didn't do anything. The Lord did it, or it wouldn't be done. Unless the Lord builds his church, we labor in vain. That's what the Bible says, if you didn't know that. And so when you try to steal God's glory, it won't work. But if you today could come up here, lay hands on somebody and raise them from the dead and say, all glory to God, he might just use you. If you do, I mean, I've seen some guys in my life uh, that, that have been used of God to pray for the sick, and the next thing you know, they're, they're on a world tour. Oh, I, I, I prayed for three people and they got healed. I'm going to go on a world tour of healing people now. Oh, you idiot. If God's calling you to do it, fine. But if not, then you're an idiot. Because you're stealing God's glory. You pray for someone that they get raised from the dead, healed, get up out of a wheelchair, and all glory has to go to God. Because some people will try to give you the glory. I've preached sermons before. Now, not all... Nah. I preached sermons before that I was pretty good. It's a long time ago, but not recently. A uh, long time ago, and, and, and I've come off the stage, and I've had people come up to me. Pastor, man, that was the greatest sermon I've ever heard in my life. I said, yeah, Satan just told me that. You say, what does that mean? He wants people to go, ain't I cool? Ain't I good at what I do? I got the biggest Sunday school class in the church. Uh, everybody wants to come to my, my Sunday school class instead of other ones. Ain't I a cool dude? Isn't this wonderful? Oh, don't get such a big head. God wants the glory for everything that happens in this church and in your life. I'm going to close with this. There's a, there's a funny guy. 
People are just funny to me. Uh, David Morgan, uh, he was in the uh, Wells Revival back in the, oh, about 1858s to 1860s. I'll ask one more time. Anybody know of David Wells? Have you read of him? If you ever get a chance to read of David Wells, he was a, he's a funny guy. Uh, he, whenever the power of God hit him one time, he was on this, this mountain and it was storming and raining and he grabbed a hold of a, 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 a tree and he just hung on for, for hours and hours and hours. We don't know what happened. He doesn't say what happened. And then he came back and, and people were saying, boy, he was acting really strange and weird and, you know, and all that kind of stuff. But anyway, this guy was incredible in this revival in Wales. And one of his buddies that was traveling with him wrote this about an experience after a great revival night. He says this, The evening was awesome. So near was David Morgan to his God that his face shone like that of an angel, so that none could gaze steadfastly at him. Many of his hearers swooned and fell on the ground. So on the way home, I dared not break the silence for miles. Towards midnight, I ventured to say, didn't we have a blessed meeting, Mr. Morgan? Yes, he replied. And then after a pause, he added, the Lord would give us great things if only he could trust us. What do you mean, I ask? If he could trust us not to steal the glory for ourselves. He says, then the midnight rang out with the sound of his cry at the top of his voice. Not unto us, O Lord, but unto, uh, not unto us, but unto thy name give glory. Here was a guy being used, his face glue, people couldn't even look at him for the power of God. And he was screaming at the top of his lungs, Lord, take the glory. If we are that kind of church and that kind of people, God will be happy to use us. Be happy to use us. I want those who are going to help with the communion to come. Guys are going to help with communion. <laughs> People. Here we go. Today we're receiving communion. And again, we all know what this communion is. Uh, it's a little wafer little bitty wafer and it's about the body of our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ it is a cup that also is about the blood of our Lord and our Savior Jesus and we're going to receive that here in just a moment you all can play what you like to play sing what you like to sing do we need another one up here As they are passing out the communion, just relax in the presence of the Lord. Communion is really about us examining our own lives. It is about us looking at ourselves in a spiritual mirror, if you will, and saying, Lord, what do you see in me that needs to be changed? And you know what? The Lord will do an amazing work in your life. He'll point out things that maybe you don't want to hear about. It's okay. Just go ahead and receive that. And say, Lord, whatever it is, I will receive and I will change and I will do differently. Amen. Praise the Lord. As they sing a song, let's just wait in the presence of the Lord for a minute. The Thank you, cross has the final Thank you, Lord. The cross has the final word. So
Lord, heal people this morning. Touch people in the body, the mind even, the emotions. Lord God, there's many ways to be broken. There's many ways to be hurt. But Father, you took the stripes that we can be healed. And we anticipate, Lord God, reports coming back to us of miracles taking place in people's lives. We thank you and we praise you. Glorify your name. Thank you, Lord. You have a cup in your hand this morning. It represents the blood of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ, which again was shed on the, on the cross so that you can receive forgiveness of your sin. There is not a single person on the face of the earth that has gone to fire that the Lord cannot save. You believe that? And so again, this morning, if you have stuff in your life that shouldn't be there, repent. Say, God, help me. Help me in this area of my life. And whenever the Lord helps you, say, now keep me out of that. And the blood of Jesus Christ will help you do that. Amen. We're going to have the uh, prayer people come back up because after, after we take this cup, we're going to pray for anyone that has a need. So uh, elders, if you'd go start coming on down in just a second. Let's drink the cup together and let's receive what we need to receive. Thank you, Father, for your blood. Thank you, Lord God, for your salvation. Thank you, Lord God, that you're here today to meet every need that we have. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You may be this morning that guy sitting by the gate beautiful and you've been there for 40 some years and you may think well all I'm going to do today is receive a little something and move on receive a, and somebody's going to walk up today and say no I don't have what you want but I have what you need if you're here today and you have a need I don't care whether it's for salvation for healing for direction in your life it really doesn't matter I want you to stand and come right now test God test him and see if he just won't touch you minister to your need meet every need that you have Brothers and sisters are to my left and right. Just find one of them and say, I have this need. Tell them what you need of. If we have some ladies down here, I'd love for some ladies to come down and help pray. Thank you, Lord. Anybody very quickly, just go ahead and step out. Anybody else? Father, we love you. When we're doing uh, prayer around the altars, if you do feel compelled to come and pray for somebody, you don't necessarily have to be an elder. Uh, you need to be somebody that loves the Lord with all your heart. But you're welcome to pray for people also. Father, we love you. We thank you. Just tell the Lord you love you for a few moments. Wait on the presence of the Lord.
close. We're going to change order of service here in just a moment. But God loves you, cares for you. And there is a miracle in the work for you. Amen. Just receive it. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Father, touch us this morning. Lord God, let us, Lord God, when we get ready to leave this place, let us go being blessed by you. Lord God, having enough for ourselves and enough to give someone else. Father, let us, Lord God, be expectant. Every time we walk in these doors, every time we get up in the morning, Lord God, we're expectant, Lord God, of you to do great things in our lives and through us, Lord God, to people around about us. We thank you, Lord God. We give you praise, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. It's been good to have you in the house of the Lord this morning. Remember that the children are going to move over into this area. If you have one of the children that is yours, make sure you go there with your ticket and pick them up. We want to make sure they go to the right place at the right time. I'm just glad you came to the house of the Lord today. Praise the name of the Lord. It's good to have you in the house of the Lord. Tell somebody you love them. Give somebody a handshake, a hug around the neck. God bless you. Uh, tonight is the movie night still. Uh, just enjoy your day. Let God bless you. You're dismissed this morning.